Oh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another London Media Lounge podcast. We've been away for a minute. We've taken a, a two weeks hiatus, me and Steve. We got busy. Hallelujah. You know what I mean? That's what we were looking for anyways. <laughs> but yeah, today we have a great guest with us. And we, Mihir, welcome. Mihir Patel. Shout out to all the Patels out there, yeah, man. I know a there's a lot of, us, of you. <laughs> there's a lot of us, man. Hey, man. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, the London Media Lounge podcast. I know you've done a few podcasts here uh, with our clients, the ones that hire the studio. Uh, How do you feel? How do you feel about podcasting, man? Good question, man. Well, look, firstly, thank you for having me. Uh, pleasure, you know? pleasure, pleasure. Um, has it changed? Yeah, I want to know. Has it changed the way you kind of think about what you do? You know what? I So full disclosure, yeah? Yeah. So last year, I kind of jumped on the Zoom bandwagon because me and my business partners, we kind of start doing sort of live broadcasts. Yeah. And that's when I learned by the end of, in, end of 2020, Mm -hmm. I'm a sort of bit of a camera whore. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. um, and I would even, I would say it's even gone a little bit deeper, like camera whore, audio whore, <laughs> you know, picture whore. You yeah. love being on yeah, I, I, in front look, of the camera. I, look, I feel very natural as being, I don't want to call myself an entertainer. Yeah. I don't know whether that's the right label, Yeah, but... I have no issue kind of entertaining. Right. And I think you yeah. don't have any issue being yourself in front of the camera. Nah, nah, I think- Steve, did you have any problem with that? Like when we started off, cause I was trying to push a lot of marketing, a lot of videos to kind of get the, the, the brand kind of known. Did you have any issues with that in the beginning? Well, I'm sort of the tech guy, I suppose here. So not usually in front of the camera, but yeah. I've got more used to it as we've grown. And I think <laughs> it is important to put yourself and your natural self as well, yeah. not be not play a part, just be you. There it is. Maybe you've got a future part on Big Brother or something. Oh, I yeah. don't know about Maybe. that, man. Yeah, Star. I think speak a little bit about that, about being yourself on a camera. Like I think I think you like we've done a few of the podcasts that you were in and yeah, you just being yourself, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. Cause um you know what it is? I think it takes some time initially. Just like last year when we had to start getting in front of the camera. So me and my coach, Mark DeFrancia, mm -hmm. um, he's based out in America. So a lot of the work we do is via video conferencing. And right. then we made a decision to kind of support our fellow community during, you know, lockdown, yeah. kind of entering a real new chapter in existence. Yeah, so yeah, we thought, yeah. look, let's just, let's do something for morale, for something for hope. And look, I, I'll be honest with you, the first three to six months were bumpy. Because you're trying to get on to the camera. When you're on the camera, you want to, you kind of don't want to look like a fool. True that. <laughs> you know, you don't want to sound like you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, you kind of really, you're, you're very much preoccupied about what people think about you. You know, you're, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, anyone can tell you, look, don't, you don't, you shouldn't give a shit what people think. Yeah. Look, we're human beings, man. That's the first thing we do. And then mm -hmm. we kind of work our way backwards from there to kind of just get rid of the power. We give that, you know, the court of public opinion. Yes, sir. So it was kind of a journey that, and my coach was very graceful about it. He's like, look, I know you're trying to prove yourself on the camera. Mm hmm it's you know it's going to take some time he never kind of busted my balls around there mm -hmm. and he just gave me the space to come into my own and then you know and then just kind of just very naturally i started to just let go and because what you find what you find is is 
People are going to make up what they're going to make up about you when they watch you, right? They're not really, they might know you're trying to prove yourself on the camera. They might not, right? And most of the time, most people are worrying, really the main focus is like, is what you're saying going to help me in any way? That's really their main concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. I feel like um, you're hitting some great points there. Uh, In terms of like how people perceive you, I have this thing in my mind. I grew up in a a society and to uh, a parent's, that really cared a lot about what people thought. They cared a lot, a lot, a lot. It's like, it's almost like he was like putting chains on their children because they thought too, it's like, it's too much, man. I don't care what my uncle thinks of me. I don't care, like to a certain extent in it. Like, but we grew up like that. But I think there was a, a switch that flipped in my mind growing up here in the UK. It was like, bro, I, I couldn't care less about what people think. If you can do what I do, do it mm. and, le- and leave it at that. Because for me, yeah, I come from a place where I don't criticize anything that I cannot do myself. Mm. You know, if I can do it, I'll be like, oh, they could have done this better, uh, here's this. And I, 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 I tend to give constructive criticism. I'm not, I have a YouTube channel and, I, and recently, like two weeks ago, I got 200,000 views over the weekend. And bro, people were commenting like, I hate your face. <laughs> Like stuff like that, you know what I mean? So that comes with the territory. But being yourself is step one and then welcoming um, um, constructive criticism where I read all the comments and I saw one of them that says, hey bro, it'd be great if you also gave us some stats because I do a lot of MMA stuff. Mm. It'd be great if you give us some stats. That's the only comment that I actually took, you know, like that actually changed me. All the rest doesn't matter. Negativity is, listen, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. You know Amen. what I mean? So let's keep it at that for now. Let's keep it at that. But let's get back to you. Yeah. Sure. What do you do? Well, for people that don't know, what do you do? How right. do you, what do you do? How did you become what you do? And how do you help your clients? It's kind of interesting because I've been thinking about that question myself for the last few days, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am a coach. I run a coaching business, mm-hmm. but I also own an IT business. I'm an IT consultant as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I also am in business with my own coach, Mark DeFrancio, part mm-hmm. of Creator Self Mastery. Me and him are business partners. And we're kind of creating a, uh, a educational platform right. as well. We're trying to create an online educational platform and a community and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of, those are the three th- sort of things that, you know, I've got. Those are the three pies I've got my fingers in. Yeah, those those define your define your career. So yeah, you absolutely. The, two, the consultancy, the coaching, and the platform. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you know, this is the first time I kind of articulated it that way. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you a question, though. Let me follow sure. up on that. How do you manage your time? It's a very good question. I mean, you kind of have to just know where your focus is going to go. You kind of have to be committed to making sure that they're they're all equally important. Right. But you know. And I have to have faith that something's going to present itself that's going to, you know, need my attention and all that sort of stuff. I think it's it's striking a really healthy balance between, you know, having direction, having a to-do list, getting through yes. it as and when you can, you know, kind of sort of simple sort of conventional wisdom stuff, but also yeah. knowing that, you know what, you kind of have to, you know, take your foot off the, ga- uh, off the gas a little bit, off mm-hmm. the accelerator sometimes and just like, okay, what what kind of is obvious? What, you know, where in my businesses, where do they need attention? Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, right now I would say, 
you know, in the, let's say my coaching business or any of my businesses, if, if I need to grow them financially, it's really just paying attention and focusing on growing the business. And that could mean, you know, securing an interview for a podcast. There you go. Right. <laughs> yes. Sir. You know, or creating a little bit more content that su supports your community, yeah, despite, yeah. you know, whether it's coaching, whether it's your, your, your potential IT clients, yeah. you know, people on, you know, on the educational platform. Um, and just taking the natural sort of directions and as you know, in the language that we use, um, that I use is, you know, taking a bridge to the place you want to kind of get to it. The obvious actions will kind of present themselves. Right. I try not to try and figure out things too much because yeah. I've tried the thing of kind of planning everything and then not, you know, you kind of, you're trying to do your best to kind of get through it. And you know, yeah. that that's the best you can do really. True that. If you don't, if you don't mind me speaking a little bit about that, um, I, we run LML, me and Steve. Yeah. I have the YouTube channel that I really have a big faith in it being grown mm. into its own brand and mm. having its own creative team in the future and whatnot. It, I spend, I spend half a day on it a week, but it's still there. It's still growing. Uh, it's, uh, over, half a million views and over two and a half thousand subscribers is getting there so it's slowly taking a bit of my attention at the same time i'm also a phd student so i have a my, my my fingers in a lot of pies and i can relate into what you're saying is that the only reason i can do what i do is because i have a list of to-do list every day prepared for me by myself the night before and it has like 20 tasks in there as long as those tasks get finished I do not think before it or after it. Like mm. I do not, I do not wake up stressed. Why? Because I know everything I need to do is in that list. Yeah. And when that list is finished, I do not need to think about anything else after that. I just chill. But I speak to Steve about this a lot because he even tells me like, how the hell do you do this? Like, how can you do this and that and that? And I'm like, bro, it's the list. The list is a, is a, is a, is a, is a superpower when it comes to people who do multiple things. It's like, it's like my, hopefully in the future if i become rich enough that list is going to become a person you know when you see someone like Dwayne the rock johnson and shit they have their system following them yep. at all times you have this at 4 p.m you have this that's my list in it so um you gotta you know you gotta live the life before you get there Amen. you feel me <laughs> so um yeah but do you think like do you ever think that oh man if i focus only on one thing that one thing is gonna you know explode and become huge and then you know because sometimes i feel like a little bit i feel like i'm cheating sometimes i feel like i'm cheating my studies and then i feel like i'm cheating my my business and then i'm cheating my youtube channel and i'm like ah oh. but how, do, you, do you get that no i i know exactly what you're talking about so i was telling steve earlier i said to when i started my coaching practice i've been i've been in the game as a coach for about six years now yeah mm. and I always assumed that I'm just going to do that for the right. rest of my life. Like, cause it was something that really, really kind of filled my heart, mm -hmm. you know, that it really left me fulfilled every time mm -hmm. I would have an experience of anything to do with coaching, a conversation, receiving coaching, just studying about the work, the craft, all of that sort of stuff. But what I kind of learned within a few years because at the same time I, I i done i used to do private it i still do private it work this is i, st I still have an it business mm. and i realized that wasn't actually dying down right. i realized that my it business was kept on growing right and then i thought i was like what does this mean you know do i have to keep this up 
you know, and I assume that I can't keep both up. Yeah. And I think we make that assumption that we can't have everything. Yeah. Something needs to give somewhere and all that sort of stuff. And yes. I think that's not entirely true. Mm. I think it's about being able to realize that you can embrace as much as you want to embrace. You have a choice in that. That's true. Um, and if, let's say, for example, you know, if you're actually neglecting something, right? I think that's very difficult for us to do to actually neglect something. You have to be really kind of dysfunctional or you might have been hit with something like, you know, in your family or some tragedy or something like that. That's usually, big. Yeah, yeah, that's usually the only thing that kind of derails people, right? Yeah. Something big, yeah? Yeah, yeah? But usually when things are ticking along- You keep we, going. Yeah, you. the thing is our ego will find a way to see things as a bit more fucked up than they actually are, but <laughs> things are actually working out all right. Yeah. So I'll tell you a great analogy for this, right? Right. My friends got married a couple of months ago, right? Part of the part of the experience they wanted to have is a few of their close ones to practice a dance routine. Mm. Now we started practicing the dance routine. When we're doing the dance routine, we're like, we're really fucking this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Obviously, we're recording. <laughs> we're recording this. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, recording yeah. on camera. Yeah. We're like, we're fucking up. We feel we feel all weird while we're doing yeah. it. You know, it's not clean. You know, it doesn't yeah, yeah, look yeah. tight. Like you know. You know, like the professional dancers, all this kind of stuff, all this judgment is going on. Yes. But you're still committing to doing the final outcome, which is performing at the winning. Mm -hmm. So when we started doing recordings, we started recording our practice. You kind of take a look at the practice and you're like, holy shit, we're pretty good. Yeah. You know, because you have perspective and because what you're thinking and feeling at the time of the practice is just based on your perception of, you know, what you think yourself mostly. Right. right. But when you actually see the proof, which is objective reality in a video mm -hmm. and you're like, holy shit, we're actually not doing that bad. Yeah. And actually, you know, having that level of perspective, this is the kind of conversations I have with my coach is like, we think we're fucking it up and, you know, it's not going to plan or it's not moving fast enough. There's a lot of impatience. Oh, we don't know what we're doing, you know, mm -hmm. in the how, or then you're looking at other people and they're like, oh man, you know, comparison, you know, three of the deadly sins I talk about, you know, being impatient, getting in the how, trying to figure it all out and all in one go. And then like, comparing yourself. Mm. Um, that kind of hijack, if you allow that to hijack you, then that will, that, that will actually slow progress down. Yeah, and yeah. your job is to kind of, you know, draw in, you know, with, com you know, with a powerful conversation or just the, just a perspective of that just like, let me just zoom out, take a 30,000 foot view. The only thing you need to know is things, if things are moving and usually they always are. Yeah. It doesn't, your, your, your obsession with speed of how fast it's moving yeah. is really, you know, just a, you know, your dysfunction or your ego's distraction or trying to make you think that you're fucking things up when you're not. Yeah. You're absolutely um, right. You know, that's really my sort of take on that. I think, I think you hit it on the nail there, bro, because I do feel sometimes like, yeah, I feel I'm comparing myself and I'm saying things that I'm moving. What the hell am I doing in my life? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But then I look back like six months ago and I'm like, geez, man's been See? moving. Man's been yeah. making moves. We out here. We're doing, there's progress. So I have um, I, on my Instagram bio, I have my, my t like on my personal account, I have all I do is show up. That's it. All I do is show up. That's my, that's the number one responsibility that I have towards everything that I do is showing up. You know, and then the rest will follow. The, the the strategy will follow, the client will follow, this will follow, the management will follow, the conversations will follow, the opportunities. Because you've been showing up, opportunities will come along. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's been lovely. Steve, I know you got some questions out there. I've been, you've been <laughs> staring at me like, come on, finish your sentence because I need to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
I was just going to ask about um, the coaching. Is it is it more uh, business coaching or life coaching? And, and what sort of issues and problems are you generally discussing? If you can discuss it with us, I'm sure it's confidential. But um, in general, what are you chatting about with your clients? You can out one of the clients. Sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, look, I can be, I can still maintain confidentiality as I kind of share stuff. Yeah. Um, look, to be honest, I mean, I, I I would consider myself a life coach. I know that you'll, you'll ask a few coaches and a lot of them don't really like that label. I didn't like it for a few years, but mm. I realized when I have the conversations I do with clients, I cover that. I cover their life. This right. is kind of naturally what, what gets talked about. Yeah. Um, and business is part of of the life it's yeah. not just exclusive um yeah when you're an entrepreneur it's not a, it's not a job no. it's your life it's yeah. you taking that with you to the minute you fall asleep and to the minute you open your eyes that shit is in your mind absolutely yeah. absolutely and one of the things you know you've had a previous guest on here sachin mm -hmm. um he says one of the, the sort of sayings that he kind of shared with me when we first met is like how you do anything is how you do everything gee Right. I love that. I love that. The reason why is the, the teaching, the background of, you know, methodology and teaching I come from, from creative self mastery, which is my coach, Mark DeFranche's company and teachings is it's everything is structural. Mm. Right. Basically what you're saying is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm. And, you know, there's a structure to the way you do things. Right. But I won't go into that too much because that can be a real sort of head spinner a little bit. Right. Um, but in terms of the conversation I've been having, Steve, is I cover everything. And that includes business because, you know, you, you know, one of my clients will be talking about business. And then I'm realizing the reason why they're having problems in their business is because they got a bit of a mess happening at home, mm. you know, on the home front. Right. Right. It's not really about, you know, whether the business is growing or not. It's just like they're not taking shit, taking care of shit whilst they're back at home. Like, yeah. you know, there's something, something's bothering them at home. They feel out of alignment. They feel out of balanced. And we're like, let's talk about that. You know, they feel guilty or shameful because they believe that, you know, they're feeling, spending a disproportionate time, you know, doing certain things and building, you know, building their, deepening their bonds with their family and all that sort of stuff. And, right. you know, it's my duty to my clients to serve them in that in that conversation look and let them have it yeah. yeah totally man i leave look i leave no stone unturned yeah um you know it could be the other way around they could have amazing you know they have the love of their life and then work or business could be just that could be acting up a little bit you know right. they're not getting along with their clients or colleagues are kind of just breathing down their neck in a dysfunctional way business partners are not behaving as they as they should be in a, in a sort of constructive manner right. and it's affecting stuff at home and you know with their spouse or their partner or the children or something like that yeah. i you know i have a conversation one of my clients he's he's an entrepreneur um absolute phenom um and you know he works in ai vr you know blockchain he's nice. cutting edge kind of guy he's, yes sir you know um Th those the guys are gonna be like billionaires uh, like absolutely. very soon and we're gonna be like why didn't we jump on that no honestly like but the way he thinks though, you know, he doesn't think about it from, this is what's beautiful about him. He doesn't think about the money per se. He thinks it's a world and realm of possibility. Mm. And, you know, and he knows that, you know, financially it's part and parcel of the experience that you're going to get remunerated accordingly. Mm. Um, but what we, what we've been working on, uh, you know, in all our time of working together. So he kind of worked with me from 2018, beginning of 2018 to June of 2019. Then he kind of took a break 
And then we've, I always maintain a relationship with all my clients inside and outside of, of, of the coaching uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of reconvene our relationship at the beginning of 2020, um, our coaching relationship. And, and it was just, it was amazing just to know that he had stepped up massively, you know, on his own. I think that's one thing he really wanted to experience without, you know, not having a coach there and whatever. He could really come into his own, become really self-referential. And we've been working on just tightening up his ways of being, you know, cleaning up his, you know, relating dynamics. And, you know, one of the, some of the conversations we have today is how powerful he can become a leader in all aspects of his life, not mm-hmm. just in business. You know, how he talks to business colleagues, potential clients, but also how he's leading his children mm. and being an amazing father. Right. And then also he's kind of attracting, he's trying to attract new love into his life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being a powerful man in that experience as yeah. well without, you know, going in, you know, giving too much power to his insecurities or anything like that. And right. what, what becomes obvious is just the, the, the emotions that go into that experience, that behavior and the outcomes, it, it, it's, it's all, you know, it's a pattern. Yeah. And then, you know, our conversations become about breaking that pattern of creating the same crappy shit all the time, yeah. disappointment, heartbreak. So you, you know, can't help but touch on every aspect of, you your, of the life before you can coach someone. Absolutely, because man. like you said, everything is connected. So you have to kind of like, Absolutely, first of man. all, identify the issue, right? And make sure you take uh, good measures to kind of, um, you know, deal with those. But, yeah, that's cool, bro. How long does it take for like a, a client to be with you? Like, how, uh, like does it? Because I know some clients speaking to life coaches, they stay with you like for long. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, they, yeah, that's a good question because that's a good business model, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not a coach, <laughs> think about it because you get clients for life. Look, that is look that is one of the you know beautiful things about you know the work that I do, the industry that I'm in is you get to build really very, very important, very deep, very intimate relationships. Yeah. Okay. That's, like that's deep. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very special, very so special you, experience. You know, you know a lot about the client. Uh, how much do you open up? What's my, my coach knows pretty much everything about me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and look, one of, one of the things is it's probably going to be more intimate the co- the coach client relationship yeah. is, my, is my belief yeah. is more intimate than the relationship you probably would have like with a significant other. Oh wow! Because the things I've noticed, yeah. and you know, my own relationship with my coach Mark, and the relationship I have with my clients, I know they share things with me. They would never, they would, they wouldn't talk to their friends or their spouses about. They right. just, they just wouldn't because it's part of. We're all entitled to a level of privacy. Yeah. Right, and mm. they get to experience a very particular, very special, intimate experience of privacy there, where they don't have to have full disclosure. Even I tell my clients, you don't have to tell me anything you don't want to tell me. Mm. You have that. Yeah. But the thing is, what happens is, I know I know a little bit more than say the average person that they're relating with, especially if it's a sig- significant other. They they will know a lot. Yeah, but they won't know the the nitty gritty, the deep things that are in one psyche. Right. And, you know, unless you actually work to have that relationship with a significant other, I think that's an amazing thing. If you can do that, if you mm. can, but it's still going to be contextually different. Yeah. Um. You know, 
I know that if if they're in a relationship with a significant other, there's certain things they just don't want their partner to do. Not not that they would affect the relationship, but it's just private to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like as a man, you want to go like a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, you know, as a man, you can't say everything to your to your girlfriend or to your oh. to your significant other because you feel like it's a man's problem. You don't th- feel like she can help you, or maybe she can't even understand it. So might as well go to a trusted friend or like a coach. So a coach would be a much safer environment because a coach you know he's there to make sure you you overcome whatever you're going through yeah so it's kind of like a psychiatrist to be honest like a it is it is on borderline there right no but a psychiatrist feels a bit more like mental illness type shit but with, with a with a coach is more like bro i just need someone to speak to and to help me out with structuring or identifying the problem structuring the the strategy to handle it and actually do it more a manly kind of, you well, know. It's interesting you say that you're using the, this this language to describe it. I agree with you because I don't have an issue with psychiatry uh, whatsoever. Look, I have a, you know, the other way of describing the work that I do is I'm a human behavior specialist. Right. 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 I study human behavior. Yeah. Um. I also, and part of that human behavior is predicated on the psychology of the person or the people. Yeah. Because that's what this state dictates right. behavior. Right. Psychology does. Our thoughts, feelings, our emotions essentially yeah, yeah, dictate yeah. behavior. Behavior dictates outcomes. Yeah. Psychiatry will kind of just, you could go down a rabbit hole of just trying to see why you're doing what you're doing, but not actually doing anything about to actually change the experience of your reality. Jeez, that's that's the difference, right? It's yeah. like they can identify yeah. it, they can give you 55,000 different reasons, but. Yeah. So, and? Yeah. Like what's next? Exactly. How can I fucking overcome this addiction or this problem or this self-fulfilling bullshit negativity, whatever? Yeah, you need you need someone to help you plan out and plan out, write down a plan and, yeah. and actually. I, I agree. So, I had um, he's a friend. He he hasn't he hasn't decided to work with me yet. Yeah, I'm still holding space for that. Yeah, <laughs> but he he went through a bout of mental sort of health problems, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I look, I think the stigma related to it is complete bullshit. Mm. Um, the narrative has got better in 10 years because I, th- my journey started with mental health problems. Mm. That's really how my, my journey around self-development, self-awareness, consciousness, uh, positive psychology, all of that kind of started with my own sort of battles. Like yeah. 10, it's been a decade now. Um, but he, I, I met up with him a couple of years ago. Actually, no, it was last year during pandemic actually. Um, and he said to me, he goes, yeah, I went to see a, a counselor or a therapist. And he goes, yeah, I kind of felt we were going somewhere for a while because I got to speak about it. Right. Right. Usually the, the one of the biggest hurdles is actually talking about the fact that there's problems. Right. Right. You know, we don't want to say anything mm-hmm. because we're like, shit, we're going to get judged or, you know, it's I'm admitting that I'm less than. Yeah. Or I'm finally have to face that, you know, actually there's a problem All this mm. kind of shit thinking right true but the thing is i tell people look the once you name it it can lose its power over you that's kind of what i believe small as Absolutely. well when, because you can make it look humongous in your brain the minute you speak about it you'll be like huh? yeah it's exactly. bullshit. And it's es- bullshit. and especially if you, the person you're saying it to gives it no power either they're like okay no big okay, deal i've seen that yeah yeah, 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 yeah. a lot but of people do that you know yeah yeah, yeah like, exactly yeah. right and then i kind of he goes yeah i kind of realized that um he goes, yeah, we, we, we're having conversations and it was helping for a while, but then I'm just like, what's next, man? I want to, that natural urge as a human being to build, 
yes. to create, to express yes. powerfully, lovingly in the world is like, you know, it's been stifled from the, from this from this descent in, in, into your unconsciousness. Right. And now you're coming out of it. It's like, shit, I want to see what the world has to offer. Right. And I want to see how what I want to offer the world. Yes. And those that's kind of where we kind of left the conversation. But I, it's, it's natural for us to want to, you know, fully express ourselves. Yeah. Bro, I see a uh, a massive surge in, in life coaches and business coaches and everything because mm. we need them as society. And you're right, like we don't, we, we might, like, again, uh, no offense to psychiatry and every psychiatrist out there, but bro, when you, when you, you need to rebrand, you know, you need <laughs> to rebrand because if you tell someone, if I tell myself I see a psychiatrist, that means there's some deep mental issues out there that I'm dealing with, you know? And yeah, we, we might need them for those deep, we need psychiatrists for those deep mental issues, but I feel like our day-to-day -day problems that we're not telling anybody, we need a coach, man. We need a coach to tell you, hey man, your problems ain't shit. Get up, this is what we're gonna do, this is how we're gonna do it, and let's let's start e executing, you know? Uh, I, I, I meant to ask you about that. Do you have like a, a structure that you, do you have a game plan kind of set for everyone to start with and kind of like tweak it into their own kind of- What, with clients? Yeah. There is no, it's a bes it's a very bespoke experience, man. Right. Like I have, you know, we'll meet up regularly, you know, three, four times a month um, or twice a month. Um, I ask for quite, quite a big commitment from my clients in terms of the time they spent with me. You know, usually mm. I start off with, back when I first started, six months initially, but it's a 12 month commitment initially. That's what I asked for them. Yeah. But that's assuming that we already have, a powerful enough relationship, a deep enough relationship outside of coaching for them to actually realize the value of it. Now, most people, if I meet, you know, um, off and on or not regularly, I have to build that relationship where they can feel comfortable and, you know, dare I say it, safe that they can have that level of intimacy yeah. with somebody for a long period of time. You're right, you're right. You're right. Um, Especially what you do is very personal. Yeah, it gets like that. And yeah. look, if you, you know, if you spend enough time with me, I'm not because I want to coach you or anything like that, but I really want to know who you are. I really want to get to know you. And I right. will, I will be, I'll be, I will be asking questions. Yeah. Just for the sake, not to sound like a robot, but it's more like the more data you have, the better I can help you. Amen. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. I know more. I know exactly where the problem might be coming from and I have the remedies for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, some of my, you know, so I have conversations a certain way and, you know, the main thing I'm I'm really kind of focused on is if I can really truly serve that person, if I can actually help them, mm. you know, in a way that actually empowers them. Right. Right, more than anything. And they don't have to become a client. They don't have to, it's not necessary. Mm. Um, because the thing is, I can't turn the switch that is coaching off, I can't. Yeah, it's because just built in you. Yeah, it's about right? who I am. And you won't know, I you know, some people have a conversation with me and it's like, what's your coaching like? And this, I go, you just, I go, we just had a conversation. Do you feel it was pretty in-depth? I was like, yeah, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, more because, of that. Yeah, I go, look, it's not going to feel like anything else but then a really, really good conversation. Yeah, man. Uh, it, it goes a long way having a good conversation, doesn't it? Tell us about some training then. How much training would you get to be a coach? Is there an accredited sort of um, qualification or are you just um, winging it? 
Well, it's a good question, Steve. I, I mean, guess, I guess if you have you have a resume of people you've helped, that's good enough, right? Well, look, exactly. Efficacy is a measure of truth, right? Um, but I started off looking for, uh, you know, actual real world credentials. Um, there's like you got the you got your CPDs, you got your international um, coaching federation qualifications, all that. That's kind of how where I thought I was going to go. But I know my own learning style. Um, I've never been one to chase accolade in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of just want to be able to do my own thing and do it really well in the way I want to do it. True that. Um, the biggest, I think the training I've had is being a tr apprentice and a mentee of my own coach. And he's not, you know, professionally trained either. It's just that his work with me is the measure of how powerful the work he does. And then I was like, yeah, and all his clients will vouch for that too, mm. you know? And, and, you know, I'm a living experience. I'm a living sort of uh, proof of, you know, you know, the work that he's taught me and I yeah. get to carry on teaching it, obviously yeah. in my own way. If you're serious about coaching, you want to get trained, right? The real, the good coaches will get trained. How you get trained is not really important. Mm. Just that my personal preference was with the experience I had with my coach, like pretty much an apprentice. Yeah. Right. And what they say, what's that saying? A coach without a coach is not a coach. Well, you know what? I mean, in in many ways, yes, because it's like what's holding them, you know, to account of, you know, excellence, making sure they continue to improve. Yeah. You know, they Keep still them accountable. Exactly. Yes. And still maintain that that mindset of a student. Yes. Right. Not let the ego jump in. No, hey, you do this. Why? Because I said so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. To, to, to think that you got it all covered. Yeah. You know, it's the biggest mistake you can make as a human being. True. Let alone as a coach or True, any, yeah. anywhere in your craft. Right. Yeah. Look, you guys do what you do. You know, in the video editing game, in the, in the, in the, in the YouTube game, there's always going to be something. There's yeah. always a little tweet you can make. There's always something new that you can learn. Absolutely. And I feel like I learn more when I'm working with clients because I tell you this, man, I did not go to school for video. I did not no. go to school for YouTube, whatever the fuck. I went to school for investment and financial risk management. You there know what I go. mean? The furthest away from this, what I'm doing. But why am I thriving in the in, in this in this kind of field? It's because I love it. Number one, yeah. number two, because I take on all comers, all challenges come in. Yeah. And from when we started to now, my editing skills, my strategy when it comes to content, my ability to turn over uh, product very quick, my ability to set up everyone with a strategy, just went. From here all the way to here. Why? Because I kept doing it and I have the resume to show it. Yeah. My hourly rate went up. Everything went up. It's because I became better and better and better and better. And I keep doing so. And I feel like, um, yeah, just to go back to Steve's question, it's like whatever certificate. I have so many certificates, bro. Yeah. I have listen. I got a master's. I I I I graduated with a first uh, first class distinction. I have different business analyst certificates. I went. I studied Python, Linux, yeah. all of that. I have all of that. But can I do it? Nah, I don't know. Mm. I'm gonna just get, gonna leave it at that. It's what you keep doing. Your it's like your certificate, your training, whatever the hell. It's like what have you been doing the last three three to four years? Oh, you've been only coaching. That's it. You that your main priority was coaching. Oh yeah, he's a coach. Mm. You know what I mean. Oh, you've been only editing in there. Oh yeah, he's an editor. It's like what you've been doing, bro. What what time? Like what what's what's how how were you spending your time? 
That's it. That's it. That's how I feel about it. I'm sorry. I took I took nah, over nah, that nah. question. <laughs> I'm passionate look, about the subject. No, I love. Look, I really love it. That's a lot of wisdom right there, man. You know, and one thing you know to answer like Steve's question is, you you need training. You always need training to be good at what you want to be good at. Oh yeah. But how the training is is you know entirely up to you. Unorthodox mainly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because look, we all know, especially. In British culture, like when I was when I was coming out of university or trying to up my game from working in the supermarket, <laughs> you know, they're like, "What's your experience? What's your experience? What's your experience?" Yeah, right. Yeah, they right? never what, not. What's yeah. your qualifications? Oh, yeah. What's, yeah. Your, what's your experience? experience? Uh, you know, and every time I'll get refused a, you know, even like an entry level IT job, they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, you don't have enough experience." Mm. I'm like, "Yeah, because I just fucking finished school the other day." Yeah, but the thing is, right. <laughs> You know, no, look, you know, my thing is one of the amazing things I realized about anything is the quicker you can get learning on the job is the most powerful way to learn. True that. The most powerful way to learn. Yeah, in practice. Right. Everything, you know, bit of an assumption on my part, but everything. Look, Steve, I know you're probably very good at what you do. I just to say that I mean, in say football, for example, that the best coaches are the ones that are played. Yeah, yeah, it's you don't, done. You don't normally get many uh, coaches that go straight into coaching. Yeah, yeah. So is that comparable to life coaching and business coaching? Do you think? So it's interesting. It's a really good question because people have been coming to me for some weird reason for my help through conversation since I was a kid. Right. I was right. thinking about this, you know, I'll be in school, I'll be in, you know, with my friends, whatever, you know, there was this weird expectation for me to kind of resolve conflict or to set things right. <laughs> Man, it was a ringleader, you know what I mean? You know, <laughs> and, and you know, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't your sort of, you know, typical leader per se. Like you get the guys who are, are I have a few friends that are like just dominating personalities. Right. They'll put the you know they put the their foot down, down yeah. and they'll kind of you know make things happen. Yeah, I can do yeah. that as well. I've actually I learned that afterwards, right? Right. But usually mine was just like I have this slightly more gentle approach. Right, right, right. And I remember Probably like more effective. Ho well, hopefully, yeah. I remember when we were in high school, Steve. Right, and then everyone used to come to me for relationship advice. Jeez, <laughs> some sort of approachable face or something. So I, I think, yeah, I think, I think, you know, you hit that question was really good because I feel like it, it is way more deeper to be a life coach than it just training a so, resume. Right. So, and you know, you said, look, some of the best football coaches are previous football players. Before I realized I wanted to be a coach, I, it took me three years to realize I wanted to be a coach because what happened is at the beginning of 2011, my mental health took a dive and then I spent the next two to three years to kind of just, well, the first 18 months, two years after that was just spent really looking at myself in a way that I never looked at before. I was like, I was okay. Like the other day, why can I not even face the world anymore? Why am I so overcome by anxiety with depression? I was most a jovial sort of laissez-faire kind of guy. And I had to take a really hard look at myself, um, you know, at that point in time, because I was in such a state of denial. And I think the look, and you're not to judge anyone. I think a lot of us are, you know, it's easier to deny things than to kind of face facts sometimes. And how did you get out of that? Did you so seek the help of someone? No. 
you used it yourself. Yeah. So the thing was, you know, we're, we're talking about, we're only now, like I was saying to you earlier, that only now that the narrative of mental health is a little bit more open. We got yeah. the, you know, we got social media kind of that you got mental health day, yeah. world health, mental health day. There was, that didn't exist 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, that's and, true. And if you, if you go talk to a doctor, especially on the NHS, you know, a record gets put on your mental health file. And there's a stigma attached to that, especially if you're looking for work or something like that, or people just know that you got, there is stigma around mental health because anywhere in the world, you know, maybe sans, actually no, anyway, even the Scandinavian countries who are really, really progressive, um, you know, your expectation is if you have, if you have the relative material, decent life, you're not supposed to have problems. Right, if you got a roof over your head and you can flush your toilet and drink tequila water out of your tap, you should be fucking happy. Mm. It's not that simple, mm. especially if we're creative beings, if we're artists, we got expressions, right? Where you know we're full of infinite possibility, and then the experience we've had is that it's been stifled, or think that you know failure is doom. Mm. If that's the narrative and that's the stories, and you got your social convention, you got social conditioning that you know judgment is at every corner right then it's gonna take a toll on you at some it will, point it will destroy you man. right yeah yeah you know yeah. it will take a toll on you at some point and then you know back then like i didn't seek professional help because of that fear of judgment that mm. literal fear was like shit. i don't want people to know that i'm not in a good way mentally like mm. i don't want anyone to know this my friends only knew about my mental health problems that, you know that i was suicidal and all that sort of stuff right like last year I told oh. it Yeah yeah And they're like Why didn't you tell us Yeah I was like Yeah men don't speak Right Men, men don't, don't speak, speak. Listen right? listen It was yeah. Let me tell you something man uh, I mean Big shout out to The one and only The Gypsy King Tyson Fury For coming out And saying that He had mental illness yeah. as, a, as a young Heavyweight champion Of yeah. the world So And I think that Really helped a lot of men Out there to be like Yo listen uh, I'm not feeling good I'm waking up Every day with this crushing feeling on my chest and i just i cannot like i cannot go out i cannot speak to anyone i just i, I just want it to end i just want it to end and that's the feeling i just yeah. want it to end that's the terrible feeling and uh some people find help some people don't and uh, yeah. most people who are who commit suicide are men most yeah. people that are victims of crime are men and it's just like men really need to chill a little bit and speak about it dog and i think that's why coaches are there as well yeah, which man. is a very good thing man again like me as a man like you know i'm, I'm speaking if there's any women uh uh listening right i do apologize but we gotta speak from what we experience right to for me to be like oh yeah i see a psychiatrist Fuck that. There's no way I'm going to be saying that because no way. Like, I don't know. There's some pride, ego thing that us men go through. But to be like, yo, I have a coach. I need to go see my coach. I have a meeting with my coach. That's, I want a coach. Right. You feel me? That means, oh, I'm taking care of my life. Oh, yeah. I'm doing, you know, I'm making making moves, making steps so I can become better and, and, and way better than what I am right now. And I'm. that means in my head, I am always seeking to bigger plans, bigger moves, becoming a better person. And there's nothing better than that. Someone who's going after that. Yeah. So that's that's a very important point that I had to get off my chest, man, because we us men need to start speaking, need to start relaxing. Do you think, do you think as a coach, do you think there's more women hire your services or men? Obviously you're a guy and I, I could imagine like these dudes are more like, yo bro, help me out. No, no, no. I look, 
it's a good question. Um, and I want to finish up on what Steve's asking me, you know, how how I got myself out of it, out of it as well, because mm-hmm. I think this kind of intertwined quite nicely. Right. Um, you know, if we, I don't know if either of you have, or any of the watchers have kind of, you know, listeners have kind of, if you know about masculine and feminine dynamics, right? You just describe like, man, we just want to build, we just want to get on with shit because mm-hmm. that's our, our own masculine energy, our innate forces that work within us to kind of just propel us and move us forward to get shit done. Yes. That's, it's like almost a biological imperative yeah, to yeah, just yeah. get shit done. Yeah, it's almost like written in our DNA. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not something that we can control. And a lot of science that's coming out right now that's blaming men for certain things, like there are certain things that we actually cannot control. Right, but that's besides the point. That, that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, right? <laughs> True. And then, like, but with the feminine, they, you know, they do stuff in communion. They have conversations yes. quite naturally. Yes. Which sometimes I look at my sisters and I'll be like, "Yo, fam, like, uh, can I be be part of the group?" Because yeah, I feel like you guys, when there's a big problem, one conversation, a little emotional, you know, stuff, and that's it. It's gone. Yeah. The problem is solved. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a very, but that's not a woman uh, thing. That's a that's a feminine thing. Yes. Right. So me and you having a conversation. Yeah. A few of us men having a conversation and actually kind of getting talking about the emotional aspects of what's going on and all yeah. that sort of stuff is a very, it's a very feminine experience, yeah. right? And the thing is as men, because we're not, we're not designed to do that and nor does society hold structures in place for you to do that. Mm-hmm. You're just going to carry on doing what you do best, which yeah. is just go out and do, do, do and do. And shove whatever you're feeling yeah, down, because down until you explode one day. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and that was, look, and that was part of, you know, you asked Steve earlier, how did I kind of get out of it? One of the things is, look, it, it, it was, I have to be honest, there's a whole bunch of things, combinations of things. One thing I always knew was you have to, you kind of have to make a choice of whether you're going to get over this or not. You kind of have to, you have to keep making that damn choice every day, no matter how hard it is, Jeez. even if you're not feeling it. Right? That sounds... Really, really difficult, bro. It is like because look, it's Tyson. <laughs> if Tyson Fury, yeah, right. This man is a athletic champion, right, 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 right. He's he's prime. He's yeah. a prime man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right from yeah. so from from the outside in, you're 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 looking at. It, he's like, nah. He he should have his shit together, right. But if he's got any doubt in his mind based on something that happened in childhood or in a relationship or anything, and that that seed has not been plucked out, yeah. And it starts festering. It starts yes. growing. Yeah. And it just grows while you're doing your business. And then whilst you're pushing the emotional stuff aside and not addressing it properly, it kind of, it, it grows. It and grows. that's, and then, and then it came, then it, then it, you cannot ignore it. Yes. The body will tell you, motherfucker, you need to pay attention. Yes, sir. There's something going on. Yeah. Something you're deeply conflicted about. Yeah. You need to do something about it. You need to talk about it. You need to see something about it, or you need to just share it with a loved one so you can, kind of just acknowledge it exactly yeah. half the battle is just acknowledging that the problem exists yeah right naming it kind of takes the power out of it and that's kind of the experience i had it was i didn't say it to anyone but i actually kind of just started saying it to myself is like fuck this is fucked up i'm scared i'm fearful i'm like i'm really i just don't know what to do mm. and but you know and i was like you know what i'm I, you know, the fear, the level of fear I had, because it used to swing between, you know, paranoia and all the way to like depression, right? 
And I used to, and then I was just like, I, I used to get so fearful. I used to be like, you know what? I didn't want to let, let go of the control, you know, just like I'm scared and it's going to happen. But I was like, you know what? I don't give a shit if this thing happens now. Yeah. Right. If like this doom is going to happen, I'm just going to, I'm just going to accept that it could be a possibility. Yeah. The moment I kind of accepted that, um, I kind of, it kind of just, and then I kind of, when I said that to myself, I was like, you know what? I don't care if the fucking sky falls down now. Mm. Right. I'm ready to just, move on from this. And if it means my life, then so be it type stuff, right? I noticed that I checked the watch and I was like, the sky hadn't fallen down after I said it, right? Because yeah. the fear was so inside, it was so ingrained. And for the first time I expressed it, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, nothing actually happened. Yeah. The sky hasn't fallen down. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That wasn't so bad. Yeah. Right? And then slowly from there, I kind of, what I started to do was, uh, you have to really practice courage in the sense that you don't, you become brave as you do the thing, not you become brave first and then you do the thing. Yes. Right? Because yes. I want to say something. I just want to say it out loud because everything's in my head at that point. And I didn't even have the courage, Steve, Sam, like to even say anything about it. Like not even, even whisper a word to myself about it. Let alone Jeez. say to a fucking therapist. Yeah, that was, yeah, that went deep. That right. went deep. That problem was deep rooted. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, I just, I was, I was in my bedroom and I just, I just spoke to myself quietly like a mouse, yeah. like a scared little mouse. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, literally, care. because yeah. It, I felt like a child that was scared of some monster. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. monster about my life. That's true, man. And then I was like, no, I don't care if the monster comes and gets me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need to hear this, man. I wish like somehow this little clip or li this little podcast that we're doing, I hope it reaches all people out there. It's like, it's not that deep. Yeah. Whatever you're going through, believe me, it ain't shit. No. Forget about it. Keep moving. New chapter of your life. The chapter where whatever fear you have is not controlling you and it's not stopping you from actually achieving what you want to achieve. You need to keep moving because the world is not stopping for you, man. Bro, you are hitting it on the on the nail, bro, because that's what we all go through. Yeah. That's what we all go through, man. The, the thing is, man, you know, and it, from that point on, Stephen, like, I kind of had to do that consistently. I realized that was only the beginning of the journey. Then I met my coach in 2016. And then all that happened was I needed to have a conscious relationship with that practice of actually questioning to acknowledging the demons that are there. The demons yeah. only have the power if you're not willing to actually look at them. That That's the paradox of it all. Yeah, the, the, They become bigger because you're not facing them. Right. Right. There's that saying, things left to themselves can only get worse. Right. Absolutely. Like you have to face it. You have yeah, to look at you, the ugly demon in there. Yeah, because right. you're, you're in a deep state of denial. And, you know, denial can only kind of, you can, you can compensate for a lot whilst you're just denying, I mean, just getting along with stuff. Yeah. But I, you, it really, just like, you can't expect to be just healthy. You have to yeah. have practices in place <laughs> to be healthy in mind, <laughs> body, and spirit. Like you I have, love that. Right? You, 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 you're not going to train yourself like you just, you know, just sitting here. Yeah. You got to go for that walk. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. you gotta make those better you know food choices yeah you gotta get the sleeping yeah right you gotta have um you know drink whatever water you need to drink true that right you need to do whatever exercises physical movements you need to just to even just to maintain let alone perform at a higher standard right the same goes for our mind mm -hmm. right and our mind is you know 
um, it's just it, it's pretty much an it's an organ, it's a muscle that needs to be flexed, and if we're not flexing it, it atrophies. That's kind of what happened to me when you know by the time you know it, it happened, I realized I hadn't done anything consciously to look after myself. Period. It, it was even showing my body. I was massively overweight. Um, you know, I was drinking. The best time I had was when I was drinking. That that's pretty much what my life was. If I was sober, I really, truly, I was not liking my life. Yeah. So, obviously, um, access to coaches isn't available to everyone. Um, do you think there should be uh, access to mentors and coaches for for everyone? I mean, especially if you're coming out of school, that seems to be a you know place where we could probably intervene and say, look, we're going to give you this mentorship from this person who's going to guide you through the next few years or a coach. Um, do you think that would be a good idea in society? It's zooming out of what you you do, but yeah, I mean, it's like should everyone have a mentor? Should everyone have a coach? If see, the yeah. thing is, it's I I will I want to say yes. I I think I want to say yes because I think you know helping people is ultimately what we're trying to do. We're trying to serve them so they can be the best version of themselves. However, there's always other factors at play. Um when it comes to you know let's say if it's students children all the way up to like adolescence and then beyond um you know the other factors being there's only so much you can do as a coach and a mentor because if if they're not willing to be powerful in every aspect of their life it, life can become very difficult mm. if they already have a difficult life and they don't, they're not, you know, they're not empowered. Like say their parents or their family doesn't, doesn't support them being in an empowered state. Um, it, it can be quite the challenge, right? It can be very much, you know, it's a, it's a reality we have to face. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to, you know, I, I think it's good. It would be great to have a structure in there at school and, and, and whatever. Yeah. But just like, you know, what's happening in the home is equally, if not more important, right? If they have a great environment where despite, you know, some emotional upheavals, ups and downs and all that stuff, they might be going through, you know, growing pains as you all do. But if the family environment or the environment that they're being raised in, they're brought up in or they're growing in or whatever and they're studying, if that environment is conducive to, you know, um, love and high performance, then, having a mentor is just going to just excel that. But then if, if they have a mentor and this is kind of my, from my own experience, if their, if their home life is not up to scratch, we got to clean that up first. Mm. We absolutely got it because you're going to spend what one, two hours with me a week. Yeah. Then you got the other hundred plus hours. Somebody screaming at you. Yeah. Yeah. If you got something like that, mindset. yeah, it's, 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 you, you, they've got to work. And especially if they're not in a power position, say they're dependent on that person or something like that, then it's just even more like, there's more psychological sort of tension to deal with. Yeah. So my thing is, you know, we we have to create structures in place where, you know, we can do our best in like institutions and all that sort of stuff, work, school yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I think absolutely. Um, but also having a very strong narrative, you know, at parents and all that sort of stuff to really recognize how important 
their influence, their parenting is on the children, if they're carers or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be biological parents, but, you know, or carers or whatever, how, how massive that is in terms of the development of a human being. It's, it's tremendous. It has a tremendous impact. A lot of the work I do is I got to help my client clean up the bullshit from, from what mom and dad did. Yeah, that's a lot of it. That's a lot of us, you know. Man. That's that's human beings, isn't it? You know, that's human beings. Human beings are full of bullshit that happened to them in their uh, in their childhood. And what's some of the say? What's some of the, the aims that people come to you with? Targets and things. Were they coming to you with? I want to earn more money, or I want to improve my uh, life in mm. some emotional life. Yeah, if you can help people make money, bro, sign me in. Yeah, you know, look, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the thing is, my my thing is around the money thing is one of the values I try to kind of share and what's been shared with me, what I've seen actually work for me to actually help me create more money is that the more the more you can truly serve a person or serve your business clients or anybody for that matter, your ability to actually receive, you know, remuneration. Uh, in any form to be reciprocated and actually grow has been grow, grow, has grown uh, exponentially because part of part of the business thing you know my sort of philosophy on business and the one that my coach has kind of instilled in me is you know it's less about how much business you're doing but more about the way you're doing business are you mm. doing it with the integrity can you go at sleep at night that you're not selling your soul that yes. you do right by your client yeah. right do you know that you know um you know, you're you're not kind of stressing out, you know, over like making ends meet or you feel that you're not kind of like um, you're charging too little because of your own insecurities, of your own insignificance. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're creating clients, you're attracting clients that, you know, want something cheap, but, yeah. you know, your product is really high value, all of that sort right. of stuff, right? Making sure that that stuff is in alignment really kind of helps to kind of grow, um, you know, grow your business. But also... You know, we had those conversations around, you know, money and whatever. But like, uh, like, yeah, we can have measurements. We can have metrics and all that sort of stuff. Like, I don't have an issue with that. But my thing is, is like, if you're going to be the person that decides whether your life's on track or not, then we just work on you being the point of reference. The more you know that you're the point of reference, then because if you're living at some imaginary metric, yeah, right? yourself to someone. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Then you're you're like then I go. That's a fool's errand, as far as I'm concerned. Because yeah. if you're the if you're the sole if you're the predominant creative force in your life, the only metric is you. Yeah. How was I different from yesterday? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the thing is, look, I've I've had enough conversations to know that you're gonna you even by conventional stance you're gonna perform better anyway it's just gonna be it's a byproduct of the kind of conversations I've, that's what i've seen so even mm. if it if it's a you know a business team or exec coaching i know that we get in the conversation it won't be long until the real world results that you know certain people that are you know signing the check will want to see yeah. it's very quick right and even if they say like they're not seeing the performance it's not obvious um there's very easy ways to actually kind of easily point that out. You know, there's right. not, you know, so I, I, the performance I kind of really want to focus on is like, just look, are you, are you measuring performance accurately? And that's congruent to the metrics that you want to have. And whether it's life, whether it's be the relationship, whether it be it's the amount of free time you have, how much money you're creating, how much sleep you're getting, what kind of foods you're eating, how much you're socializing. If those are the metrics you want, we use those metrics. Yeah. I tend to, if you don't mind me chipping in here, I tend to, my metrics is, how do I feel? 
Is my mental health good? Not, oh, I have to feel happy. Mm. I don't I don't believe in that. I believe in peace at heart. That's all I believe. I believe that, yeah, I'm going to have times where I'm going to be super, not sad, but I'm not going to be happy, but I'm going to be at peace still. Mm. So that's what I use to kind of like measure my, uh, my progress. And uh, yeah, I think also it kind of, peace is kind of like the same as mental health. Because I feel like I don't have a problem with performance. I show up, you know what I mean? So yeah. the problem with me is like, am I happy? Am I at peace with what, what, with what I'm doing and where I'm trying to go? One of the greatest things that that I've experienced, and I, I love to share with clients as well when they get to see it, the fact that they can actually take time and just, even if they're sad, appreciate that the fact that they're sad. Yeah. Some people don't even know. They don't even give themselves the time to be fully emotional in whatever emotion that they're yes, in. But actually yeah. just taking the time to be like, holy shit, maybe I need to grieve. Let me grieve fully. Yeah. Maybe I need to be happy. Let me just be happy fully. Let me, I, I need to be sad. Like, oh, just be sad. You know, like fully, full acknowledgement of, of the emotional experience we're having as human beings. Like yeah. not a lot of people will take the time to do that because the narrative is, because we're fighting right now is, there's one narrative that says we need to be overly emotional and feelings, feelings, feelings. And then there's another one where they're like saying, deny your emotions and don't Roll talk down. about them and just get yeah. on with it. And it's really just striking a balance of the two because you sometimes it. you can get too fucking emotional and you don't get no work done. Yeah. You're right? right. You're right. It's right. True. And then you've got the other side where it's like, you're not emotional enough there. It starts showing cracks and the performance gets affected. Yeah, you can, especially in business. If you're not right. emotional, you can you can recruit a client. You don't know what the right. fuck he's going through, bro. Exactly. Like how? Yeah, absolutely. So you you need to have a good balance of both, and that's really what I try to you know serve clients. I had a conversation the other day with a friend, and he was like, he's a, he manages a team in, in investment banking, and and he was like, oh yeah, I have a uh, I had a colleague. He needs some time off, and that's the only thing I can do as his manager is give him time off. And I was like, I was like, I said to him. I go, on the surface, yes. But really what he's saying is not that I need time off. What he's saying is I need help. Mm. And the thing is, if you're spending a disproportionate amount of time in your life, which is probably going to be at work or at the office, I'm not saying that you have an obligation, but generally the work workforce needs to provide a supporting structure that if they're having some struggles or mental health issues or health issues that they know that they're supported emotionally to kind of go handle the business. I said to him, look, what we're really asking for you is a human need of, you know, just love and compassion. Mm. So you can say, look, if you need to talk to someone, if you want me to arrange something that someone you need to talk about, a coach or a therapist, let me see if I can get that work. In a big corporation, you can easily get that signed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I go, that's really what he's asking for. He's not asking for time off. What he's saying is, because the thing is, he can't figure it out on his own. Yeah, that's right? the number one problem. It's like he doesn't know what's going on right. fully. Exactly. And yeah. he's like saying, look, you're a leader, right? So he's coming to you. He's like, dude, can you help me out? Yeah. Really? He's not, I'm not saying I've got problems. What he's saying is I need help. Is there anything that we can do here at work that can get me, you know, help so I can continue work because I love my job. I love being part of the team. All this stuff that matters to me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I can get back on track and performing highly. So that's my perspective there anyway, so. That's true. I will leave it at that. I think that's that's a that's a powerful little lesson out there. And props to the guy for um, speaking up that he has a problem. He went to his guy and he said, "Listen, I got I got a problem. I got a problem." Yeah, man. Steve, I know you wanted to. Well, I'm, I'm sold on the coaching. So, how do I find a coach? <laughs> how do you find one? 
Yeah, so that's a good yeah, that's Ooh. a very good question. Ooh. How do you? How do people find you? Let's talk about you. You can speak for yourself. You know what? Yeah, I don't do myself any justice here because <laughs> my marketing, my social media, you know, those conventions are slacking, you know, immeasurably. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think mostly you get you look social media. It de- re- it really depends on the circles you hang around. In. Even as coaches, when we kind of trying to grow our business, we kind of just look for people within our community, within our circles, and just just offer conversations. We don't go out there, look, I'm a coach, you need help and come talk to me. It's it's really, it's it's not that crass, <laughs> right? We, 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 hey, we, I can tell, I can see cracks in your armor. You need my help. <laughs> yeah, basically, none of, that, <laughs> none of that rubbish. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in order to find a coach, look, it can be, I would say to anyone, if they're looking for a coach, is it's going to be the most, amazing relationship with your life just like any relationship take the time to find the right person so if they you know if they have a website go to their website right if they have social media check out that social media you'll catch an energy of the kind of person that they actually are yeah and whether you really and if you engage them in conversation that's the that's the most powerful thing you can do for yourself just engage them in a conversation say hey look i'm going through this can you support me in any way or whatever i'm having this trouble and i really like what you said about this and see where that takes you. And then you'll find straight away whether that's your person. Like it took me better part of two years to to, to find my coach. Mm. I had many coaches because I was learning and everyone's trying to coach everyone, right? When you're in yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. But it took me it took me a good few years. And the first conversation I had with him, you right? Knew. Yeah, he just had, I, I'll tell you something. I almost, because of my own insecurities, I would even deny myself of a great experience. So he took a friend to tell me he's your guy, right? Mm. He's your guy. Cause I know he's had a great, I know you've had a, co- co- a great conversation with him. I'm starting to work with him. I go, just, just don't rule him out. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then we had a few more conversations and I was like, yeah, it felt right from the get go because it didn't even feel like he was coaching me. Mm. Just that little bit of direction, just a little bit of leadership, just to point me, just give me that, just give me that marginal win, man, that incremental win. I just need to, feel slightly better about yeah. my life right now that, that to know that I, I got this and they give you that slight nudge and you just you kind of know that's your person that's true you know that that's kind of that's kind of how, how my clients have come to me yeah you know it sounds like you need to kind of be on the same vibe as his personality type and your personality type like it, character type absolutely it just yeah. really look it depends because you know i've got there's different kind of people that i coach and they're very different in their own right. You know, one's, you know, a single parent, you know, with sons, you know, another, you know, a woman who's, you know, she's in her 40s, she's very successful. She's trying to create that amazing relationship. You know, two very diametrically opposed kind of experiences. Yeah. But it's just, they're like, they're not where they want to be. And I'm saying to them, you can get there. And I want to know why you stopped yourself for so long. Mm. That's really kind of the attitude I show up with. You know, and if that speaks to you, brilliant. Maybe something you need something else. Maybe it's a different energy. Hey, my friend, I feel like um, this is why coaches, not to put a plug in there, it's just the absolute truth. That's why coaches really find success in video and podcasting. It's because people really be like, oh, I I, I dig his vibe. His vibe, yeah. I can really, nah, you're right, I can really speak to him. I can really, I think he might, he will be able to understand me. Yeah. And um, yeah, coaches, shout out to all the coaches. Now you're there. spot on, Sam. You're yeah. spot on. Listen, let's wrap up. But before we wrap up, you see that ball over there? 
the fish bowl, yes. you're gonna have to pick up three different papers. So shake it up a little bit, pick up three different papers and answer the questions. I don't know what the questions in there. We added Ooh. a few. I had a few guests write a few different questions. So uh, pick this up- This is a fun bit of yeah. the uh, is it? podcast. But Steve, does that answer your question on how to find coaches? Yeah, I was gonna ask you, uh, not how much you charge, but how how the uh, system of charging works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, it's- Bespoke. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> bespoke. I mean, yeah, I can imagine. When, when you're a prolific coach, you kind of have one menu and then you kind of like take it or leave it, right? Because you're just so strapped for time, you only want serious buyers. Mm. But when you're growing your business as a coach or you're just generally got the time to spare, it really just works. And if you really want to work with that person, if that person is inspired, if a client is inspired me, I'll do anything to make that relationship work. Even if they can't afford my menu fee, yeah. I'll be like, let's work something out. Yeah, Cause yeah, it's yeah. more important for me that if it was more important to me that we actually work together than actually me getting my numbers. Right, right, you know? right. That's right. kind of the philosophy that's been instilled with me from my coach. That's how he built his business. Mm -hmm. And I love building my business that way, you know, and creating clients that way. You know, when I can have a one shot fee of X amount, that so be it, but yeah. I know I'm not there, and I'm I'm ready to always work with you know potential clients on on on, on fees and stuff. So happy days, cool. happy days. Yeah. All right, let's get to the questions. Cool. All right, I got three here. All right, let's start with the first one. All right. Can you read it? That's the question. Yeah. They're a bit scruffy, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My Ooh. bad. Oh man. What does it say? If you rule the world, what is the first change that you will make? If I rule the world. That's a great song, by the way. I free all my sons. Yeah. That's um, good. <laughs> if you rule the world, what is the first oh, change yeah, this that is nice. you make? <laughs> Let's go deep. Let's go there. Dark side. Can, can we have superpowers? Oh, it's coming. It might be coming. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So I would want everyone to look at themselves. Ah, like really force them to actually look. Be at like themselves. you have to. You have to by law a self awareness practice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? That's a really unique one. By law, you have to spend one hour a week with this person, going through everything you've done, and not ignore your bullshit. Yeah, Even, yeah. Whether it's with the, with a person or with um yourself, some yourself. mechanism exactly. that you got some scientists to create. Yeah. All right. Next <laughs> question. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. Who would be your ideal mentor role model? Jeez, yeah, that's Ooh. a good one. Don't say like Tony Robbins or something. Nah, I, do you know what it is? It has to be a, com it's a combination of two people. Yeah. My, my coach. Yeah. Yeah, my coach Mark DeFranchier and my dad. Oh, my nice. dad, Umesh, yeah, my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to, that's a deep question, brother. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. your dad saying? He's cool, man. Like I, I, you know, I resisted my father for the longest time, but I realized, you know what? We're all human beings. We can only do the best we can. And I realized <laughs> that man would die for his family, man. Yes, that's, that's, you know what? Yeah, I can relate because my dad was not the emotional type, nah. but he would fucking go to hell and back yeah. for his family. That's my dad, man. And that's all we could ask for, yeah. you know? And you yeah. have to, you have to understand that because for me, yeah, I look at my dad and be like, what was your relationship yeah. with your dad, fam? Like, yeah. how my, my, my dad, like, as that father figure in my life, amazing, like just solid, you know, just the family man. Yeah. And my coach is a little bit of that, but he's, He's taught me so much and 
you know, he's from his own life and his own transformation. It's just like, it really gives me hope that anybody can transform their life. Anybody from the pits of despair all the way to like true success, man. Combination of those two, both men that, that that's, they are my role models, man, all day long. God bless, brother. God bless. All right. Question Final question, three. yeah? Yes, sir. Mm. Ooh, what advice would you give your younger self? Chase. Damn, man. I've got some good ones today, man. I feel privileged. Yes, sir. Um, It's going to sound mushy as fuck, yeah? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but, no, I, I, look, honestly, I would, look, I would tell him, look, You can create any experience you want to have, right? Mm -hmm. I go, just know that, just know that you're loved, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just know that you're loved. Like, even though if he doesn't feel like it, yeah. there's no ultimately you're loved. Your, your own essence, your own state of being, the fact that you're in existence is an expression of love. Yeah. Right. That's really deep, man. That's really deep. And 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 not just to say that to understand that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah. would really want them to just know that. No, yeah. I wouldn't I would want my younger self to absolutely feel that like yeah. to, to to his core, man, in his heart of hearts, just to know that you you love you don't understand how much how loved you are. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted to know. Want them to know. And I hope everyone who's listening right now knows. All of them, that, all of you are loved, yeah. man. Steve, any final remarks, my friend? I guess just to finish off with, uh, have you got a website or how can we contact you? That sort of thing. Contact oh. details, LinkedIn, whatever. Yes, thank you, Steve. Um, you can go to mehirpatel.com. That website is out of date. <laughs> it's so out of date. <laughs> yeah. Or you can find me on social media uh, or Instagram is mehir.patel, at mehir.patel. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn is linkedin.com slash mehirpatel. That's it. All the links in the description. A lot of, you know, a lot of business right now is DM me on Instagram yeah. and that's it. Just yeah. DM me, man. We, 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 we work like that as well. As much as our website, we spend a lot on it. But yeah, yeah, usually, you know, social media, you're live there. People can get in touch quickly. And yeah, so you heard it here, people. Get in touch with me here if you need his service. If you just want to chat to him, really. Yeah. You see the energy. So uh, that's it. And check out uh, London Media Lounge podcast everywhere. All listen, uh, audio platforms. Thank you so much for listening to us. We got to stay consistent. I mean, the past two weeks have been kind of busy, but that's good. But we're going to stay consistent. Don't worry about it. All right. I'll see you soon, people. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck. <laughs>